Welcome to Pleading the Fifth, the podcast that's just shy of treason. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this time we're covering Season 2, Episode 12, Chapter 25 of House of Cards. Where do you want to start with this episode? Um, how about the president? Scales have fallen from his eyes, and he sees okay. Frank as the master manipulator that he really is. Yeah, and I'm happy that that's happened, because he has been manipulated for a long time, and we know that that punching bag, we knew from the start, was a manipulation. I like to think that Floyd Me- Merriweather showed up to the White House and actually Merriweather? said... Merriweather? He's not going to be happy about it. He might come to your house, what? punch you in the stomach for calling him Merriweather. What's his, what's his real name? Mayweather. What? Mayweather. It's not Merriweather? No, it's not Merriweather. Holy shit, I've been pronouncing his name for like 10 years wrong. <laughs> yeah. To the surprise of no one. <laughs> um, holy shit. Okay, so Floyd, I, I'd like to think that Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather came and actually said to the president, yo, you realize this fool is playing you, right? Uh-huh. Like, like he just walked in on the, it's like, this guy gave you a punching bag? Tell me about your relationship. Thirty seconds in, <laughs> nah, man. This is this is this is bullshit. Yeah, and set him straight. Um, Something set him straight. What do you think it was that caused him to finally realize? Uh, the fact that the releasing the pup, the his uh, travel records blew up in his face. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. However, it's funny because I think everything that Frank said was sound. It's just in this bizarro universe would this be an issue? Although, yeah, yeah. Man, American politics are fucked up. Because I, 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 I warred with myself thinking for multiple times this episode. This is the angriest I got watching House of Cards. Yeah, me too. Um, that would we really blow the president getting marriage counseling this far out of proportion? The answer and is yes. The answer is if the opposing party of the president thought they could get away with it and the political winds were blowing just right, Yes. Yeah, and it's not just the political winds. It's also the media. The media here is – I mean this is a trial by the media as Frank says later in, when he's talking with Ayla. Frank is using – Frank, as he so often does, uses the truth mm-hmm. uh, to get – you know, to, to beat people into submission. And he really used that against the um, the Ayla character who's writing the uh, supposedly slam piece against the president that mm-hmm. uh, Frank turns around to a very supportive piece, which that's just the part he was playing. Sure. But yeah, man, it's kind of depressing. It's very depressing. A lot of things here that have to do specifically with interviews um, and people just deflecting and like ad hominem attacks. Like if you go to the M- MSNBC uh, interview that they had with Megan this time mm-hmm. where Jackie calls in and completely derails the thing. She says nothing about the actual issue. All she does is just attack Claire's character. And and also the uh, Megan, she she got quite a bit of blowback from that operation too. And that's what sure. that's the thing that made me the angriest that she made this victim – she further victimized this victim mm-hmm. and it seems like – that shouldn't work in real yeah. life. But, but when she calls in and she literally will not let Megan speak, she just talks over her every opportunity she gets. Uh, Megan can't say anything at that point. Right. And, and I don't know I don't know why the moderator doesn't jump in and say, hey, let somebody speak here. Because he's – that's the thing. He's trying – he's letting news happen. <laughs> 
that's not letting news happen. That's letting one side make the news. Well, it's like when the I don't know. I've mm, I don't know. Journalists, journalism's fallen pretty fucking far in this country. <laughs> All I, right. Well, we don't have to necessarily get into politics. I guess that far. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the one of the reasons. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're a student of U.S. history, American politics has all you know more or less always been broken. Um, and I think that that was one interesting, um, lesson, uh, that Megan learned is that a lot of idealists, mm. um, want change to happen 100% their way. And it's like, yeah. you know, we are morally right. We are correct and we are justified. Therefore the law should reflect this instantly. Sure. But in reality, there's this like, you know, society's got this window where you have to, if you want to switch things from one side to the other, you have to work and nudge and nudge and nudge. And yeah. a compromise bill that gets you 10% of what you want is actually a victory because the next time you get 10% more and the next time you get 10% more in 20 years from now, you'll have your way. Yeah. But you can't just grab society with a stick and jerk it one way or the other. And sure. a lot of idealists don't understand that and then they get burnt out on politics um, where pragmatic assholes – just you continue to work into shit and get things done sure and claire starts out as one of those people who doesn't understand this and then she by the end of the episode becomes someone who does yeah and i was hoping that jackie would be kind of because i think frank's too far the other side where he's just an oily manipulator and he has no ethical or moral framework beyond acquisition of his power yeah, he doesn't um, like, seem to care anything about the issues. It's all about his power. Like I said early on in the season, and he mentioned to in his speech to Kathy Durant about dancing, it's like, wouldn't it be better for the country? Wouldn't it? Would it? What do you want to do? What are you passionate about fixing in this country? Like, I believe yeah. Claire's passionate about ending rape, mm -hmm. um, especially in context of the military. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's that seems very i mean i i like the fact because clearwater institute never bought any of that shit what does she care <laughs> about clean drinking water i mean and, and what what is she pa why is she passionate about it um, sure she doesn't necessarily have a personal reason to be passionate about right that, it's just a generic, it's just a generic goal that you can glom onto and 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 make hay with but this the sexual assault bill i thought was one of the better plot lines of this this thing because it's something For finally sure. the underwoods passionate about mm -hmm. um so i would really like to hear from frank what his campaign speech is what does he want to do <laughs> what does he think he can do why is he trying to amass all this power yeah yeah that's uh that's a very good question to ask uh, i do like how claire when she drops this bill she goes to the the first lady and she uses that to kind of get on her good side Mm -hmm. uh, the first lady thinks when this conversation is about to happen that it's going to be about uh, convincing the president to see Frank again. Uh, and she, you know, says, no, it's actually about this and here's why this is good and uh, understand this. And she asks how she's doing and all this. She's she's definitely still working towards Frank's goal there. But, uh, she's, do but she's doing it with the right touch. Yes, very, very deftly. So. Yep. Um, what do we want to talk about with the investigation? There's a lot of stuff that happens this episode. We get Dr. Larkin involved, Tusk involved, and, uh, and it's such Zhang Feng is involved. Such a delicate game that Frank is playing, and the only way, like, if Kathy had decided not to go with him, he would be fucked. Yeah, because he needed her to give asylum to Feng so that the president looks bad. Because he had <laughs> he had executed his plan to the point where he had already done maximum damage with him in the administration. Yeah. The only way forward is to get rid of Walker at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and he's trying to do that by giving Fang asylum and then questioning whether or not the president's actions were inspired by his Xanax, right? Well, I think that the Fang, offering Fang asylum so he would give testimony because the special prosecutor was running out of things uh, yeah, yeah. to pry into and wasn't going to have the evidence, you know, and she needed political pressure to um, get the walkers to sign the voluntary waiver of uh, confidentiality with the priest, which or the minister, mm-hmm. which I, I, I. This is another thing that really bugged me about the episode. Why should it be of any concern that the president is seeking marriage counseling, or even that the president is legally prescribed Xanax? I, I know, I know that he was not legally prescribed it. His wife was, and he took it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could have been legally prescribed well, see, it once if not I, once for I saving found, face. Because I've been thinking that same thing. But once I found out that there was drugs involved in Xanax. Um, I'm not saying it's right, but this country still has a strong stigma against mental health. I'm not even going to say illness. Um, sure. That, but, but like, you know, but it's we, still seen as weak to go to therapist. It's still seen as suspect yeah, yeah. if you need medicine. You know. I'm saying that shouldn't be the case, right? I, I mean, we oh, allow people on Xanax to do all sorts of things. I totally agree. We don't bar them from any type of work in society, so – how do we apply this double standard? Well, I mean, why don't we have a man who uh, wears skirts uh, elected to the White House? Sure. Because society is biased against that, and it doesn't fit their profile of what they see a leader doing. Yeah. It's not right. No, it's and that's the, way the part that annoys me, right? So it's like, yeah, I mean, we've got senators that would, hearts would explode in two seconds if they stopped taking heart uh, pressure medication. <laughs> uh-huh. But if a senator was found out that he was having to take something to regulate – an emotional or mental process to be healthy, it would be seen as a sign of weakness. Yeah. And it's fucked up and stupid, but it is a political reality. Sure. It's just another thing in the episode that just kind of irks me. No, I get it. The it's process. A lot, of these, <laughs> a lot of the things in this episode smack me in the face about things I don't like about American politics and American mm-hmm. culture. But, you know, it, it is the way it is. And. It's it's better than it was twenty. You know, speaking of Overton Windows, it's much better than it was twenty years ago. But we've got a ways yeah. to go to have that kind of thing be accepted. So I, the f- a fact that the man that carries the briefcase that has the nuclear launch codes and is engaged in pressure talks with with the Chinese uh, is taking some kind of anxiety medication to help cope <laughs> with that shows what, what is giving their, you know, it's like the uh, Senate Majority Leader Hector Mendoza, I believe. Okay. Uh, was was sitting there saying, like, you know, if if the president's lying about seeking tre- seeking treatment and not being honest with that, and he's having to take medication, then how do we even know he's mentally sound? It's yeah. vile, but <laughs> yeah, it definitely is something you can use to make political hay. I think. Sure. Uh, so Frank thinks impeachment is the answer here. Uh, obviously, for him, that would probably be a good thing because. You know, no vice president, as he said, has ever run against the uh, seating, sitting president. And he's fucked because if he helps the president recover now, the president would probably, won't probably replace him in 2016. <laughs> for sure wouldn't help him in a run in 2020. Yeah, yeah. It'd just not be possible. Yep. Um, I did notice that when Claire and Frank are in their house smoking, they're in their house smoking they're no longer like sitting by the window they're just at the table smoking is that significant at all um i think that 
two episodes ago when they're talking about their sexual frustration, they had made a joke about so I think Frank said, So are we just officially giving up quitting? Uh huh. Because the, then quitting smoking has always been kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well, we'll only do sure. that a window. We'll only do this. But I, th- I think that they covered that by saying, yeah, smoking is back on the table. We're not even going to pretend like it's a thing we don't do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so they addressed that a couple of episodes ago. Then mm-hmm. the my satisfaction anyway. All right. I, I mean, I wasn't saying it was something that was weird. I was just wondering what that shows about their mental state. Well, I also think it shows that they're under a lot – they're increasingly yeah. under more, more and more stress. And That's their Xanax. <laughs> we both noticed at almost the same time they're visibly aging these characters. Uh, yeah, on purpose. I actually noticed at the very beginning of the season I said Doug Stamper looks a hell of a lot older right that's now. That's true. But like the pres- – and, and this is something that's also based in reality. If you want to have fun, Google like <laughs> a picture of the president during his inauguration and then mm-hmm. – you know, look at Clinton versus eight years later. Look at Bush yeah. versus eight years later. I mean, it's almost a decade, though. Like, if you looked at me Dude, when I was 20, people yeah, I'd age, look very different. I guess, but still, people, I, I feel like that the president the stress ages you in, the presidency ages you in dog years. <laughs> okay, probably. Um, the president is actually 408 years old. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, Tusk a little bit. Because this was one of the best scenes um, when Tusk gets into the interview room with uh, the prosecutor. He's growing out his beard, too. He is growing out a beard. He gives him a little edge. Do you think that is uh, a symbol of where he's at mentally? Or is he just going for a different look? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I'd have, you know, because... He still keeps his head shaved really closely. Yeah, because I don't think he has hair. <laughs> he's just got that little Picard fringe on the back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just feel like uh, studies have shown that, you know, men that grow out beards uh, are judged to be more intimidating mm. and more confident if you, and with the same picture of a person looking baby face. So maybe he that's an intentional thing, hmm. affectation, because he knows he's going to have to go to the White House or, or go out east and and he's under legal problems and he's trying to lean on his lawyers and lean on his underlings. Maybe he's grown out a beard to look more ferocious. Intimidating. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, this scene where he sits down with his band of lawyers in the uh, interrogation room and will not say a word and just, just ask them plead the fifth. And the look on his face like <laughs> is just like, fuck you. One of the best scenes I've seen, period, in this show. You're flying me out here on 48 days notice and you want to bother me with these questions? I'm, I'm going to have my lawyer just say, <laughs> plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth. My client exercises his right to plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, what about Tuscan Remy? Uh, Tuscan Remy is a weird thing because – Tuscan Remy. You're on Tuscan no, Remy as a kid? No, no, no. <laughs> Tusk and Remy, I was very clear. Uh, Tusk I think Remy, you fit one bantha in the elevator, honestly. <laughs> They're going to have to definitely take the stairs. Tusk, Remy, and Seth, too. Did did we find out last episode, was I just so tired that I didn't realize Seth is working for Tusk now? He's not. Seth is working for Frank, 100%. Frank Are, used Seth as a messenger boy to go to Tusk and tell him that Remy approached Frank at okay. the church to 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 set up an insurance policy, which obviously pissed Tusk off because he thinks Tusk still thinks he's gonna win. We presume why would, why would he be giving information to Tusk though? Like why would Frank want to do that? It cuts off Remy's at the legs. Cause, cause Frank so he's was, actively working against Remy? I think 
Fr- Remy saw them saw themselves as equals, or he sees himself as having some kind of position of power that Francis is going to help him to get. Uh-huh. Francis doesn't. Francis appreciates the fact that he doesn't going to fight against him, but that doesn't sit well. That he fought against him, he fought against his wife in a very dirty way. Yeah, yeah. and he's going to come and like you know benefit from this. That might might very well happen. So he's just spiting Remy. Yes, he's poisoning the well on the on the Tusk side to where he's no longer hmm. um it's no longer going to be possible for him to play both sides neutrally. He's and going it to have might to, not be possible for him to get a position anywhere once he's done. Well, right, if, Tusk is going to hate not him. Without, Frank's not going to give him anything. Not without groveling at Frank's feet, I yeah. think. Yeah. He he wants him indentured to Frank once again. Because because what I think is happening is for, Remy has to get off the fence and get on Frank's side. Yeah. And that's what, you know, uh, that was a really great line too when Tusk said you've just made uh, 46 billion enemies and change. And he turns around and like, that's 39 billion. Your market cap is shrinking. Uh-huh. Great way to work in a dick joke when we're talking about fat stacks of billions. I love it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Stamper. Stamper and Rachel, this episode. Uh, man, this does not seem like the right way to handle Rachel and Lisa. Um, I, well, when Stamper walks up to Lisa's car. Fall, I, he fell off the wagon, man. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely has. This is his new alcohol. Uh, and and he's just coming off of having promised Frank that he's done acting in this way. And he threatens. I mean, that's an overt threat. This whole like, I hope it's only a dead battery. Yeah, um, and, and when she he walks knows in, enough about the way Doug operates, and she's been a part of what he uh-huh. operates, she knows exactly what that can mean. And when he goes into the house and he's, and she comes out in the hall and he says, if you care about her, she needs to go. Mm-hmm. That is a threat. And when – oh, seeing Doug Stamper smile is really <laughs> fucking creepy, man. First time, right? I, We've seen that? Th- yeah, it might be. It very well could be. Like a, a genuine big teeth-showing smile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like his facial mu- facial muscles just aren't meant to work that way. <laughs> Speaking of facial muscles, let's talk about Nose Chin and Gavin. Uh, Gavin pulls a power play here. Yeah, it's like I don't know which is more impressive, his chin or his nose. He's just (laughs) just carved out of granite, that face is. Yep. Uh, Gavin pulls a power play. He's got some code in the AT&T data centers, and he's got all the numbers, all the texts, all the information. uh, And he uses that to uh, convince this FBI agent that... He uh, he, in fact, knows a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is this to me feels like bullshit. Um, it feels a lot like uh, Independence Day injecting a virus into the mothership with your Mac uh, that you can put. I don't know. I you can put code on a USB thing that is going to be plugged into just any server, any uh-huh. fucking server that that dumb fuck walked into. He could plug in the USB. Uh, port and it's going to have some kind of self-replicating code that's going to instantly crack the firewalls and then delete itself in a way that it can't be detected in like a 30 seconds 30 seconds time i don't know i don't find that totally implausible there are viruses that do that all the time <sighs> and spread themselves around the world i i don't know i mean he says he talks about the sophistication of the firewall so Maybe it's not, but, but it did take him a while. I mean, you're right. I'm not. I'm not an international black hat cracker. Neither so. am I. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just who a knows? Garden variety cracker, like <laughs> white saltine type. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so for the purposes of this episode, he has in fact done that. 
Um, he demands three things. Stop being your bitch. Charges dropped for him and charges dropped for some guy named Brown, uh, who I want to guess is just one of his friends. It's either somebody in Suck Dick um, or it, it, could it be the AV vault that he's – although he doesn't seem like he – AV unit has not been captured. AV unit, yeah. And it also seemed – well, but still, if he wants – They just wanted to stop going after him? Maybe, but he didn't seem to be friends with him. He seemed to be more concerned about the people in the uh, – Yeah. Whatever, Sec Deck or whatever it was. I think it's Deck Sec? D-E-C-S-E-C? I don't know. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, I just I love this scene. I mean, it turns the tables on the whole relationship. He brings up, up Doug Stamper, which is the final nail in the coffin. Which is that, and that's got to be setting up a threat for next year, right? So what kind of threat? Well, I mean, the fact that taking down the FBI. No, the, this guy, the, the Doug Stamper and Rachel is going to be uh, the mm. the Underwood because he's going. He's one. I mean, we're just going to see yeah, yeah. now that they've already showed us how this is going to happen. The president's going to be impeached. Uh-huh. Under some bullshit trumped up stuff, and uh, he's Frank's going to have the full support of all the senior members of his party, and he's going to be seen as being a, a, a loyal to the president and this big player, and he's going to be elevated to the president, and the shadow hanging over him, just like last year was this investigation at Zoe and Lucas yeah. was the shadow hanging him over next year is going to be Rachel because we still got sure. Hammer. And Janine out there in the weeds, waiting to hear, <laughs> waiting to see Rachel and or uh, um, what was that guy's name? I want to say Habermeyer, but that's the Ted dude in in California. Which guy? The guy that the the pot smoking cracks. Oh, um, trailer park dude. Kapiniak. Kapiniak. Either one of those guys pop back on a radar, radar, and Frank is is doomed. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing here is when Gavin makes these demands, he says nothing about Lucas. He no fucks are given about Lucas. Uh, I don't think Lucas is ever coming back. I think he's in prison for the long term, and he's done. Agreed. All right. Well, we'll see how that storyline plays out. Uh, some of it might play out in this last episode, honestly. Uh, with the way that things went at the end of last season, with Frank basically becoming the vice president in that last episode, mm-hmm. uh, I could see the impeachment taking place or something with Rachel going down. Uh, a lot of stuff could happen this last episode. Uh, but he's already, like, if impeachment is brought, the president, I think, is relying on the fact that he owns the House. But Frank's undermined mm-hmm. that by forcing Jackie to whip the votes against him so he's not even going to have his own party supporting him when it gets to the house yeah the crazy thing about the possibility of impeachment is that the president hasn't actually done any of this right the only thing he could be impeached for is if maybe he were to lie about his medication or something like that well what because he's innocent frank is absolutely right he has done nothing in it's this the, scheme, the, the way he well, I mean, but Clinton didn't do anything. I agree. Yeah, he perjured out. himself. So, yeah, uh, and this is very similar parallels to mm-hmm. uh, Walk, uh, so Walker didn't do anything wrong except for his counsel. Arguably, like I even said it's like, are we doing anything illegal? It goes, uh, there's a clear line. It's a fine line, but I'll stay on the right side of it. Ah, uh, yeah, tampering with testimony. It's tampering with testimony, but the testimony itself is irrelevant to the investigation. Sure, sure. Which is what's hilarious. I mean, at least with the Clinton thing, the whole investigation was his abuse of power around how he treated underlings and mm-hmm. all that. So the fact of him lying about having sex and lying to the American people was, I guess, cogent. Um 
but yeah, this is it like was a fine line. <laughs> you, the, the, yeah, no, I mean, like you knew about money laundering in China, and you told your uh, minister who was giving marriage counseling to not talk about medication. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with that. Though when we yeah. first spent five minutes discussing how tenuous that link is, sure. But it's an it's obviously enough to bring him down in this universe. So, yep, we'll see how that plays out. Anything else? Uh, no. Final episode. Let's go. So that's it for our instant take. But starting next week, we'll be doing a longer, more in-depth weekly cast for House of Cards. Be sure to send us your thoughts and feedback to houseofcards at baldmove.com. And we just might read it on air. If you've enjoyed our show, please help us get our new House of Cards podcast launched in style by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also support us by using our Amazon affiliate link when you shop online. Just go to amazon.baldmove.com and we'll get a tiny cut of Amazon's profits from whatever you buy on that session. Best of all, it costs you nothing. Be sure to tell your friends, family, and coworkers about Bald Move. Also, check out our website for all our other television coverage for Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, and all of our general pop culture casts like Personal Arrogance and The Picasso Show. Keep up with the latest on Twitter at Bald Move and on Facebook.com slash Bald Move. See you next episode. Thank you.